They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt and Paul Wooster. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Next Gen On Mission podcast. My name is Shane Pruitt, National Next Gen Director for the North American Mission Board. As always, got my bro, my boy, my co-host, Paul Wooster in the house, National Collegiate Director for the North American Mission Board. Paul, what's going on, man? What's up? I'm in my mobile studio. I'm in also known as my Ford Explorer, right next to mooching on some Starbucks Wi-Fi. So uh, we'll see how this goes, man. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, yeah. And man, this is kind of a behind the scenes opportunity for our next gen on mission podcast listeners is that they don't realize that, you know, sometimes like we, you know, you and I are on the road in the air so much and we have like offices in Alpharetta, Georgia, but for the most part, uh, we office out of our homes. And so we both have little kids. So we have to get real creative when those kids are around. So sometimes like, like, we're recording in cars. Uh, I don't remember. Do you remember there was an episode where I had to record outside at Starbucks? So we heard all the birds and conversations in the background. It's like we were literally in the field on mission. We, we definitely yep. spiritualized it, you know. <laughs> Next gen on mission. Pounding the pavement, dude. That's what we're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to hide in the offices. We're going to be with the people. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, well, Paul, man, I'm so, I don't know about you, man, but I am pumped about our guest today. Yeah, man, I'm for stoked. I'm excited, yeah. man. Well, today we have, you know, our heartbeat is Generation Z. And today we have someone in that generation to speak about that generation. And I'm so excited about this guest. Uh, her and I and Paul, we have so many mutual friends and people that we care deeply about. And we've been connected on social for a little while, but it's so cool to finally connect with her directly. And it's none other than Gabrielle Odom. She is a social media influencer, like, man, just tells everybody about Jesus. And she is an evangelist. She is an equipper of her generation and adults. Like, my gosh, man, I, I, l- I learned from mm-hmm. her from a distance. Uh, but more than anything, she's in love with Jesus. And her heart is to know Jesus and make Jesus known. And she has such a heart mm-hmm. for her generation. So I'm so excited. To welcome Man, Gabrielle Odom to the next Gen Mission podcast. Honor. What up, bro? <laughs> y'all, this is so fun and truly such an honor to be with y'all. I really do love God a ton, and I love God's word, and I love the gospel. So this is just a mess, and y'all are amazing. I'm excited yeah. to be here. Hey, well, we're excited to have you on. And Paul, <laughs> like, Paul, you know she's a big deal when she has, like, three <laughs> names she goes by. You know, Gabrielle, oh, whatever. Brie, Gabby. <laughs> Yeah, y'all can, y'all can like, call me whatever, whatever you want. Just every question will mention Matt. Yeah, Matt. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So Gabrielle's 19 and God's doing incredible things through her. And she's extremely kind, extremely humble and meek. And I love her attitude. And I believe that's why the Lord has given her a platform at such a young age is because she loves Jesus and she's humble about it. Um, but before we get too spiritual... Gabrielle, tell us one fun fact about you <laughs> that we must know that we may not already know. Okay, this is honestly ridiculous, but I, I posted on Instagram the other day a picture of a Diet Coke 
and an avocado saying that this is literally my diet, that if I could live on avocados and drink Diet Coke and be actually hooked up to an IV of Diet Coke, I would choose that life. <laughs> um, and so anyone who knows me knows that like if you just middle of the day trying to bless me while I'm like going about my life, bring me an avocado, give me a large Diet Coke from McDonald's and we are set to be on this. So, Best friends, <laughs> that's that, it. There's that. So uh, that's a Olivia, to be my friends. Yeah, Olivia, which uh, serves with Paul and I, she, like Next Gen on Mission podcast does not happen without her. So Olivia, help us make a note of that. We got to, we'll send Gabby a case of Diet Coke and avocado. <laughs> I love you it. Know, for I being. love it. <laughs> that's awesome so, so do you just eat the avocado straight or is it oh. eaten on some toast or what okay well honestly i could eat avocados in any form like you put it on a salad you put it on a sandwich but i literally will just take avocado slice that thing in half put some everything bagel seasoning on top and just take a spoon and eat that thing so oh, I just man. I love it. I could live off avocados, but that that started during quarantine. I didn't even eat avocados until quarantine. So that was a that was a quarantine shift. Wow. That's so great. So hey, we, I, got a, I got a street sweeper driving by now. So um, you guys are getting the the full experience here. We love it. But, um, let's jump into that kind of some of our more serious questions. Okay, so as someone who is a Generation Z. Yeah. What do you church leaders need to know about Generation Z, in your opinion? Mm. That's a great question. I a couple of years ago, I um, the Lord had like randomly kind of allowed doors for me to to start speaking and teaching and all the things. And I had a youth pastor tell me he asked he came up to me after youth group and he was like, "Hey, are you on TikTok?" And I was like, mm. "No, I'm not on TikTok. That is like the enemy is all over TikTok." And I was like, so out on TikTok. And my youth pastor told me, he was like, Gabs, you can't start speaking to Gen Z if you don't know what Gen Z is like thinking about what they're watching, what they're talking about, what they're consuming their mind with. And he was like, so you can have all the accountability you need, but just to spend 15 minutes a day on TikTok so you can understand what your generation is wrestling with. And um, I say that to say, I think um, we would be shocked. At least I've been shocked. As, um, as I've just seen the ideologies and the ideas and the philosophies that my generation is getting caught up in that are just not according to Christ. And so, man, I would say, I think of First um, Timothy 4, 7, I think of Colossians 2, 8, really just these, these calls and these charges that Paul is giving of, hey, we need to throw away like irreverent myths and silly ideas and not be taken captive by philosophy that is not according to Christ. Um, and that charge like is a charge that needs to be given to Gen Z because we are a generation that has, in my opinion, and I think, I think y'all would agree, like have gotten caught up in um, a lot of ideas that are not according to Christ. We've been fed a lot of relativism from society. Like we are obsessed with this idea that uh, like truth is what you want it to be. Like your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. And, and so I think generation Z, not only are they like addicted to the bondage of their sin and like self-righteousness, but they are just addicted to the bondage of relativity, rel relativism. Um, and so I think the church, like if there's one thing I continue to say, the church is, Hey, we just need to give Gen Z 
the word of God and the word of God alone. Like if we actually believe that the word of God has been breathed out by the Holy Spirit himself and is like useful for teaching and rebuke and correction and training and righteousness, then if we're going to raise the bar for Gen Z as far as what it looks like to be trained for godliness and to pursue holiness, we just need to give a generation um, that has been plagued by relativism the truths of God's word. And so, um, yeah, I think we need clarity. I think we need something that is direct and true. And we're only going to find what is direct and true um, from the clarity of God's word. Uh, so that, that'd be the like, sum up answer. But I think Gen Z is confused. And I think they need clarity. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And the, the relativism side is just really, gosh, affirmation where the Lord's been hitting me as well of speaking mm. to a generation is um, almost like, right? Like I see you like, doing that. Oh man! I like literally like, every single one of your posts, I'm like, just say it. Like, let's be done with all these like fluffy quotes and all these like reasonable yes. whatever. Like, let's just say what's true and say it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah because it. I feel it. Like, I feel like y'all are, as a generation are done with it. Especially the ones that are followers of Jesus, they're done with it. And then there's those that yes. are still confused, like you said. But like, was what I've seen is like Gen Z. Like, they'll talk about Jesus a lot. Um, especially the ones that aren't even in the word, but there's a lot of confusion because it's almost like you got to stop and go, okay, you can't just throw around the name Jesus. Like what Jesus are you talking about? Cause the Jesus you're describing is not the Jesus of the Bible. Yes. So I think back to biblical Jesus is so important. I love that. It's so, I always tell people, like, I think there's a generation that they say they love Jesus, but because they don't actually like fear God and are convicted of sin mm. and wanting to like yeah. throw it all to follow Jesus, like they're just not pursuing the Jesus of the Bible. And so it's oh, encouraging wow. that you're seeing that and calling a generation to more. I love it. I love it, Gabby. Well, hey, it's very obvious that you are <laughs> in love with with Jesus, the the real Jesus, the Son of God, yeah. the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and it's very evident. Um, in your ministry, but it's very evident even on your face. So tell mm. us your testimony. Tell us how yeah. the Lord saved you. Yeah, Man, I love anytime I get to share what God has done in my heart because, yeah, I, I believe Jesus is like the prize and the reward and like in his presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand is our pleasures forevermore. And I've found that to be true. Like I have resolved that God is really good and really holy, but I was super, God, in God's kindness, was super blessed to grow up in a home that, like, just loved Jesus. Like, my parents are devoted to God's word and um, taught us from a really young age, like, hey, we're going to raise the bar as far as what it could look like for y'all to follow Jesus. And we're going to show you that there is, like, more joy and less scars when you follow Jesus. And it's just better, but not because life's easier when we follow Jesus, but because God's just so good. And so um, it's just sweet to follow him. But I would say growing up, um, like middle school, elementary school, I was just obsessed with knowing all the things about God. But I was a Pharisee and I like was obsessed with self-righteousness and just trying to improve like my morality before God and before people. And it was in eighth grade. I uh, My parents had kind of shipped me off to Africa for a month. And they were like, you just <laughs> go be transformed. And I, I left and I was in Uganda. And it was there that the Lord like completely unveiled my eyes to the beauty and majesty and glory of who he is. And in his kindness, drew me to his spirit and rescued me. And I'd say it was a 
like, I mean, obviously Romans 10, it was a really simple confession that he's Lord. Like, I think I had believed that Jesus had the power to save me from sin and save me from hell. But to confess that Jesus is Lord meant that my life had to die and my life had to bow and surrender and every false God of my own comfort and my own morality and my own desire to um, fight for the approval of man, like that all had to die and surrender in order to follow Jesus. And so it was a very, very simple revelation that, hey, if, if I actually believe that Jesus died and resurrected from the grave and I'm confessing that he's Lord, then everything has to change. And so I've watched God completely ignite my heart uh, to know him and to love him and to follow him. But it's only been um, by his awakening and his enlightening to who he is. And as he has continued to reveal his glory to me, that I've continued to fall more and more in love with his holiness and his goodness and have come to find that his word is true and that God can be trusted. Mm, love it. Yeah, that is so good. And I love that distinction of Jesus being Savior, but also he's Lord. And yeah. seeing that when we make that acknowledgement, we, we surrender to him, that's when the joy and the power of the Spirit floods mm-hmm. into our life. And that's how we see transformation and movement. And mm-hmm. even in how we share the gospel, I think we lead with that. And uh, on your bio, it says, evangelist, disciple maker, Bible teacher. And I love that you're owning that evangelist title because not a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Shane and I, we sure do. We're shameless about I love it. where God called us to be evangelists. So can you share a little bit of what God has done through you in your evangelistic ministry and why you're so passionate about evangelism? That's, I love that question. And it's really sweet that y'all own that. I'm like, man, I was just reading this morning in Romans 1 and Paul's like enthusiasm of like, hey, I am unashamed of the gospel. Like it is the power of God for salvation. Like if we actually believe it's the power of God for salvation, then we ought to be so unashamed in the preaching of the gospel. But uh, I mean, yeah, in God's kindness, I'd say my sophomore year of high school, uh, really what what I would say flipped the flip the script for me was, okay, once I had like surrendered my life to Jesus and I understood that Jesus was not only Savior, but he was also Lord. Um, and if I actually believed the gospel was true, it had to change everything about my life. And so I grew up in a public school um, in Minnesota, which like people in public schools in Minnesota, they just don't love God. Like it's, and it's not, it's just not the cultural Christianity that I've now seen living in Dallas. Like in Minnesota, it's you're, you're hot or cold. Like you either are so out on God and you like are so out on religion or you are all in. Um, and so I would walk the halls in my high school every single day and see people that um, did not love God. They uh, hated authority. They did not love God's word. Um, they very clearly were doing what was right in their own eyes and like running towards hell. Um, and so it was a very simple understanding of, hey, if this is real, then you are looking at people's eyes every single day that either know me or they don't. Like every single day you are encountering human beings that are either going to spend an eternity separated from me mm-hmm. or an eternity in my presence glorifying my name. And so you're among a generation that's either going to worship sin or worship God in this like first Kings 18 picture of Elijah when he's confronting the prophets of Baal and he's just like, Hey, stop limping between two opinions, like either serve God or serve Baal. Um, that's mm-hmm. what I saw in my generation was I was a part of a generation that 
They were either worshiping sin and themselves or they're worshiping God. And so if I believe the gospel is true, it'd be the most loving thing for me to do. Like the most loving thing for me to do to tell everyone about Jesus. And um, specifically my sophomore year of high school had a friend um, that passed away the summer going into my junior year of high school. And I think there was this, then this other realization of like, okay, not only do, does my generation need Jesus, but they need Jesus now because people are committing suicide. They're dying. Like they, like they just need the hope of the gospel. Like they're going on in depression, addicted to sin, like addicted to pornography, and they need to be set free right now in this moment. And so um, that's what ignited, I, I would say, a heart for evangelism. And then I just had really sweet friends come alongside me and we would meet every single week and we'd pray for hours and fast every single week together and we would go into the streets of Minneapolis and just high schoolers like 10 of us and we'd evangelize and we'd put on events and in our years in high school we saw like over 600 people um, at these events come to know Jesus and say hey not only do I want to be set free from sin but I want to become a bond servant to Jesus Christ a slave to righteousness and serve Jesus with my everything so um, we we saw revival break out but like when I say revival I mean um like not this like super crazy, like spiritual, like, like, man, what I love for every single time I go down to the streets of Minnesota, to, like for everyone to come to Jesus, that'd be awesome. But I think what I saw in evangelism was the revival God was most concerned with, at least in my sphere was like, hey, what could it look like for just one of y'all to disciple one person and for them to fall more in love with me and fall more in love with my word and then for simple multi- multiplication to happen. And so that was the revival that I got to see happen in, in my high school. And it's just only further, um, like just, I would say, transform my worship to God. And I've become more enamored with the beauty of Jesus in watching the way he intends to move among his people as Jesus like is setting free souls. And so there's, um, there's a rest that gets to happen when we just surrender knowing that Jesus has all authority on heaven and in earth. And he's just called us to go therefore and make disciples promising that he will be with us always, even to the end of the age. So we get to rest in the sovereignty of God in that. That's for sure. I love that. I love that. So, so Gabby, what, what would you say to someone like in your generation, your age, whether they're a college student, high school student, um, maybe even junior high student that's listening, um, what would you say? Because I feel like, especially if people really know Jesus, they love totally. Jesus, they know they're supposed to tell others about Jesus. And maybe they even have a desire to tell others about Jesus. But then there's that disconnect of the desire uh, and the knowing versus the actual doing. So what mm-hmm. like advice would you give to your generation of actually telling people about Jesus? Like what's some yeah, next that's steps? Really good. Yeah. So I'll give like high level and then I'll give really practical, but I would say a, a life verse for me in high school was Romans 12, one and two of, Hey, what could it look like in view of the gospel to lay our lives down as living sacrifices, like to lay my life down to God as like, Hey, I want to be obedient to you. Like I believe that worship to you will look like serving you with my whole heart and then not conforming to the patterns of this world, but continually being transformed by the renewal of my mind. And, um, and so like, a big picture every single morning that was that would be what I would pray over my heart of like Lord I want to lay my life down to, for you like I want to be obedient like I want to live out like second Timothy 2 4 where where like I am a soldier who is not entangled in the things of this world but I am pleasing the God who enlisted me and and so there's a, a an obedience part to that where I'm like man if you're a young person listening to this like 
start praying that you would be obedient. Like start going before God and laying down any sin and any entanglement that is keeping you from running really fast and fix your eyes on Jesus as you run that race. Um, And so there's a, yeah, I would say be obedient to pray and ask the spirit of God to initiate obedience in you. And then um, I'd say, man, be devoted to God's word, because as I've come to find like in evangelism and in discipleship, um, as we talk about, man, the generation that's searching for answers and is confused and all those things, like not only does my generation (laughs) need to know Jesus, but after you share the gospel, they're like asking the questions right immediately of like, Mm -hmm. okay, what about homosexuality? Well, what about gender? What about abortion? All these things. And we just, we're going to have to give a defense with gentleness and respect, but we can't give a defense if we don't know God's word. And if we don't know what is alive and active and sharper than double-edged sword. And so um, pray, know God's word. And then practically in evangelism, um, I have what I call, and you know, Greg Steer, that's the big Greg Steer thing Mm of a fave five. I, on my mirror every morning for right now in this season, I have five people's names that I am continually praying for and going before God for their salvation. And then I'm um, thinking about ways that I can care for them, ways that I can meet their needs. And then obviously continue to pray that God would open doors for me to share the gospel. And when he does open those doors, then I get to be obedient to listen to the spirit of God and know that, hey, we have received power in the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses. And so there's freedom in that. But I'd say like, hey, come up with the five people that you're like, I just want them to know Jesus and start praying for them. And when you have an opportunity to share the gospel, go do it and be faithful um, and don't be afraid because it's just the spirit of God within you. And so you have literally nothing else to give other than to preach Christ and him crucified. And so there's just no amount of um, like all the smart things you need to say or all the like checklists to complete, but you get to be obedient to the spirit of God. And that's a really freeing place to be. Absolutely. Yeah. That is so good. And I love that. It's practical. I mean, that's a prayer. Those are prayers that God loves to answer. Like, God, use me today. <laughs> That's a dangerous really? prayer, but it's a prayer that God loves to answer. And then also praying for specific people that you're really investing in, working through that prayer, care, share process. Yeah. I love that. Um, it's, it's, some people even call it the Holy Ghost hit list, you know? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you seeing God move. <laughs> and uh, actually, what I've noticed is that people don't stay on that list very long because God saves them. And now they get on the discipleship list that you're praying for and trying totally. to disciple. And I know that's something that's big on your heart is not just seeing people pray a prayer, but really helping them walk with God and disciple making. So, what are some practical ways? Let's think about the church leaders now. Um, what are yeah. some practical ways that church leaders can equip um, the younger generation to disciple their peers, in your opinion? Yeah, that's a great question. Discipleship is everything. Like, I'm like, gosh, we've been called to go there for and make disciples. And so, like, discipleship is literally everything. And um, people, like, they want you to invest in their life. Like, I evangelism is really sweet because we need to know Jesus. But discipleship is everything because man, we cannot follow Jesus alone. Like we need people in our corner to um, hold us accountable, to encourage us to pursue Jesus. And so that's where discipleship is really important. And what I've seen in my own life, I've just had so many incredible, I would say like spiritual mamas of the faith who have discipled me and taught me the word of God and um, taught me to pray really bold prayers and taught me to fast and taught me to um, 
revere God as holy. And I'd say practically, I think we need to raise the bar um, for what it looks like to confess sin. Um, I just, I don't think we're, I, this is something I've seen a lot in this past year. I would say the community I am, I'm in right now is doing a really faithful job of um, living in a context where we get to be like fully known and fully loved by one another. But a big part of that is the way that we confess sin and we live in authenticity before one another and just say like, hey, there's nothing to hide. Like I have acknowledged that like I've been set free from sin, but I still live in the flesh. And so like sin has been crucified in me, yet I am continuing to be sanctified. And so we're like raising our hand to say like, hey, I'm the least of sinners. Like I like actually have a sin issue that I'm still waging war against. And so practically me and my friends and even just women in my life that are discipling me, we're asking three questions constantly. The first, um, and y'all have probably heard these questions before, but the first is, hey, how are you feeding your flesh? Second is, how are you feeding your soul? And the third is, how are you feeding others? And so um, it's really practical because every single week we're getting to come back to, okay, how did you feed your flesh this week? What um, sin like led you to a place of dishonoring God? And what ways did you um, not walk in obedience? And what ways did you gratify the passions of your flesh? Um, and then we're getting to pray over those things and ask each other, hey, how can I hold you accountable this week? Whether if that's with a pornography struggle or whether if that's with spending too much time on social media, like how can I come alongside you as the people of God to hold you accountable? And then how are you feeding your soul? Like what have you read in God's word this week that just like ignited your love for him? How, in what ways did the word um, teach you more about who Jesus is? And then how have you fed others? So that's the, that's the evangelism piece. Like, Hey, did you get to share the gospel with anyone this week? Did you disciple someone this week? Did you get to meet with that middle school girl that you've been wanting to meet with? And did you get to tell her more about God's word? And so that's a way that we get to then um, not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but continue to stir up each other towards love and good works as we um, await Jesus's return. And so we are just, I would say in community, um, we're not trying to do the least in the kingdom of God. And uh, if you're not trying to do the least in the kingdom of God, like we got to be about discipleship because um, people need Jesus. So yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Cause I think we need to raise the bar in society as far as what discipleship looks like. And um, it's not, it doesn't have to just be a coffee day. Like me and my mentor, she'll like pick me up and we'll go get groceries and I get to watch the way she responds to her kids. And I get to watch the way that she submits to her husband and that's discipleship. Like, it's life on life. Yeah. Gabrielle, you know, one thing that uh, in probably in the last couple of months, I've been referring to your generation as the revival generation. Yeah. Right now, I it's more, it. <laughs> yeah, right now, obviously, it's more of a prayer than a reality. But I believe like yeah. your generation, because I mean, we kind of alluded to it already, like cultural Christianity is disappearing, even in the South, you know, uh, especially for your generation that y'all, you know, Gen Z is kind of like a post-Christian generation as a result of a okay. post-Christian culture. And you've already alluded to it as well. Like uh, your generation, you either know you're in or out. And if you're in, you're all the way in. If you're out, you're all the way out. Yeah. And I think God moves and revival can spark in that. So totally. like, for your generation to see revival, um, what do you think it's going to take? for your generation to see revival and become the revival generation? Yeah. Great question. I, this is, it is so fun. I love how like the spirit is just like, I don't know, but even just bringing unity as far as like what you're praying, what I'm praying, like well, we're all praying for this generation. Cause it, it encourages me. I think often I can be like discouraged 
by the church and I'm like yo we just need to get, go to war and so it's encouraging mm-hmm. to me that you're leading out and praying that over my generation um that's just really sweet but I in this past year I would say right before COVID hit I was reading um in second kings and second kings 22 and 23 um we see this like King Josiah revival as some might call it um and what we see there is King Josiah like upon hearing the word of God he repented in fear and love for who God is and was and um and will always be and upon like hearing the word and repenting he like brought reformation to the people of Israel by restoring the word of God in the land of the people and I started to pray of like okay Lord what could it look like to see like a another reformation like a reformation or a revival or a third great awakening in this generation and as I continued to pray and search God's word what I saw to be consistent was hey like what could it look like to um see revival by restoring the word of God in the next generation and calling a generation to repentance um I just like I believe more than anything that if we are going to see revival, it's going to have to start with um, repentant people and people who are like being submitted to the word. And so a verse um, that I've been praying lately is 2 Corinthians 7, 1, um, where it just says, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of the body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. And I've just been praying of like, okay, what could it look like to see a generation that um, is repentant of every defilement of the body and the Mm -hmm. spirit that we are like being cleansed by God um, in order to pursue the holiness of God. And so um, it's the D.L. Moody quote of like, the world has yet to see what God Mm -hmm. can do with a man fully consecrated to him. And so I like am begging to see a generation that um, would say, hey, we're throwing down compromise. Like we're done with this this Christianity where we just like kind of follow Jesus and we kind of follow the world. Like we are throwing down compromise saying, Hey, I will follow Jesus and Jesus alone. Like salvation comes from none beside thee. And like, it is only by the name of Jesus, like every knee will bow and every tongue will confess believing that man. Hey, if we confess our sins, like we serve a God first John, I think one nine of like, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so if I want to be a generation that is cleansed of all unrighteousness, um, we're going to have to confess sin and be repentant wow. before a really holy God because he's really righteous and mankind isn't righteous, but like he who knew no sin became sins so that we could become the righteousness of Christ. So by the power of the gospel, um, we actually like get to be made righteous in Jesus. So I think it's going to start with repentance and then a submission to the word of God. Um, and I like, and I think that will will produce a like Holy Spirit fire and love for Jesus that we um, that I don't think we're seeing right now. And so I like I'm longing for that, um, and I'm grateful that there's leaders like y'all who are begging to see that and interceding on like my generation's behalf. Um, and so, man, like let's let's get more people in the fight because there is a battle to be waged, and the battle has been won. But as we await Christ's return, we get to be faithful in this in-between time. Mm, love it. That's so good. Yeah, that's, yeah that fires me up. That. It's, yeah. It's just um, this idea of kind of this cleansing that God can do. And I think us emphasizing that of repentance, daily confession of sin, and asking the Holy Spirit to fill us. 
um, just getting into those those things, those basic things that oftentimes get skipped over. Um, yeah. So I'm going to give you one more shot at church leaders, college pastors, youth leaders. If you could give any one piece of advice, or just from your generation to ours, in a sense, um, what would you say to calling them forward, calling young people forward to reach, to reach and disciple that your generation? Hmm. I love it. Um, a prayer over my heart and something I'm like, man, if you're listening to this, start praying this over your heart is there's a couple of things I think that are probably going to come out of my mouth, but Jeremiah 29, uh, where it's just this like, man, the name of the Lord, like it's this fire shut up in my bones. Like the word of God is a fire shut up in my bones that I am like weary with holding it in. And I cannot like, like what, what would it look like if we were like so in love with God and so yielded to the spirit of God and so ready to like be about the mission of God that like the name of God was this fire in our bones that we would actually be weary to hold in. And so like, we actually can do nothing but tell everyone about it. And so, man, my like encouragement would be that like, be in love with God, come to resolve that God is good and he is holy. And out of that revelation, might it lead you to a place where you are like living in this Romans eight um, freedom and power where you are no longer dead to sin, but you are now alive in the spirit. You get to walk by the spirit, knowing that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus for nothing in all of creation can separate us from his love, like live from that power and allow it to transform your obedience, knowing that you serve a God who is holding fast to you. And like the only reason why I'm a Jesus follower today isn't because I perfectly followed Jesus yesterday, but I'm a Jesus follower today because I serve a God who is holding fast to me and a God who is like throwing oil on the fire of my faith and continuing to like persevere obedience in me. So rest in the, the faithfulness and kindness of God and allow it to lead you to obedience because there is mighty works that God has prepared in advance for you to walk in. And like before the foundations of the earth, like he has works like really sweet powerful good god honoring works for you to participate in and so like why would you not want to be a part of what god is doing on this side of eternity to redeem humanity and to set free souls um so let's get after it and let's pursue the kingdom of god because it's worth it because he's good and because he loves us so yeah i'm am so like i i feel more excited to get after the kingdom of god after this podcast than when we started um so y'all are incredible and this has been a buzz awesome gabrielle well hey this will be a softball for you uh and we always close the the podcast with this same omission charge that the heart behind this podcast the reason it exists is that the next generation would realize they're actually the now generation, not the future of the church, but the church right now. So would you give us one closing thought on that? That's really good, man. I'm just encouraged. Like, I'm like so encouraged by that. Like I, I pray that leads us to a greater awe of who Jesus is that God isn't waiting for you to like, have this college degree or to like know all these things in order to be faithful now, like by the spirit of God, the word of God, um, and the people of God, you get to be faithful now, um, in, on this side of eternity to respond to a, a God who, um, is really faithful and kind. And so I think like 
even you saying that that increases and stirs my faith in this in this very moment of like hey there's not um like 10 years down the road ministry to be done but there's like ministry to be done right now in your neighborhood in your school in your home um in your churches because you are um, bumping up against people every single day that desperately need the hope and the freedom and the power and the grace of the gospel. Um, and so we have today to be faithful and today to exalt and worship God because he is the only one worthy of our praise. And so, man, obey Jesus today out of a place of worship. Oh, man. I don't know about you, Shane, but I'm fired up. Absolutely. Um, what are some ways that we can, the people, because we want to follow you, connect with you. Uh, what are some ways that we can, we can follow, our listeners can follow you, connect, and learn more about your ministry? I love it. Um, I, yeah, I mean, y'all can totally go follow me on Instagram. At Hello, it's free. That's like, I'm really not as active on social media as I, uh, sometimes I would, I don't know, I probably should be because I'm Gen Z. Like, I'm like, people mostly can connect with me if they're in my church body, you know, like if we're mm-hmm. actually bumping up life and life. Um, but Instagram, at Holdsbury. Um, I have a website, gabrielodom.com. So those are like the easiest ways for um, y'all to connect with me. But yeah, this is so, so fun. And I'm really grateful just to um, just to know men who are being interested with the word and faithful to um, tell people about Jesus. Like there's no better mission to submit our lives to. And so I'm encouraged by the ways that y'all are seeking to be faithfully on mission and to um, serve God. So it's really awesome. Well, Gabrielle, thank you so much for being on. We are so encouraged by you. And I promise you, it won't be the last time that we're interacting (laughs) with you and serving Jesus and his bride with you. And friends, thank you so much for listening to the Next Gen on Mission podcast. Hey, we also want to remind you of just all the great evangelism resources since we talked so much about evangelism um, at whosyourone.com, all kind of free resources there. So just want to remind you of whosyourone.com. Also, if you have any questions on reaching the next generation, you can email us at evangelism at nam.net and we'll try to address those on a future podcast. And friends, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. And you've been so faithful uh, to share this and to grow the listening audience. So, hey, if you're continuing to enjoy this, be sure to continue to share that for us. We're so humbled and honored by that. And listen, we really want you to have a great rest of your day. And don't forget to tell somebody about Jesus.